Good evening, everybody, and welcome back to another edition of the Southern Fan College Football Podcast. I'm your host, Bradley Perry, and this is going to be a rather quick episode. I've just been really busy with some things um, at home base, and I just want to make a couple takes on some things and just give some perspective on a couple of the games coming up this week in college football. Um, So I won't be really reacting as much to the week prior. Without further ado, I want to go ahead and jump into the slate of games that really caught my eye this week. Uh, We've got Tennessee and Alabama versus uh, number six and number three in the country. Um, We've got number 22, Kentucky, with number 16, Mississippi State. Number 10, Penn State, against number five, Michigan. Number eight, Oklahoma State. Number 13, TCU. And number seven, USC, taking on number 20, Utah. Now, I want to jump into a couple of these games real fast. Uh, I'm going to just say kind of what they mean to me. I'll give my quick prediction before I jump into the Tennessee-Alabama game. Um, I just want to say, if you've been watching college football the last couple weeks, you know that my Kentucky Wildcats are on a little bit of a, well, a little bit of a slope. We've had a couple really tough losses on um, the last couple weeks, obviously without our quarterback playing. Um, but without further ado, Ole Miss, you know, Still undefeated. I said I would give Kansas credit if they won. So Kansas, you know, they didn't win the game, but they did look like a legit football team. I'm very impressed with the Kansas Jayhawks this year. I do think they they can they have the possibility to win about nine or ten games. I uh, looked at their schedule, their remaining schedule. They they should win at least four more of these. Um, but yeah, I want to I want to go ahead and jump into one of these games. Uh, I'll start with Penn State and Michigan uh, at the Big House. You know, I have been one of the people who have been a little hesitant to put Michigan in the top four. Um, I would put, I, I've thought Clemson looked legit since their win at Wake Forest. Um, and, they, and they've continued to look um, very, very impressive. But I think with this win right here, if Michigan can take down Penn State at home, I do think that you have to give them the upper hand on Clemson just because of a better win. I think this would be one of the best wins in college football of the season. Penn State looks – Penn State, I'll tell you what, name another team that's jumped on the scene more this year than Penn State. I mean, I don't, I don't think they were ranked to start the season. So just very impressed with the Nittany Lions and the job that uh, James Franklin has done this season. Um, but it looks like Michigan is a four-and-a-half-point favorite, I think, I saw on the line. Um, I'll give the edge to Michigan because I think they'll control the line of scrimmage. I think in most Big Ten football games, you can control the line. You can win the football game more times than not because Big Ten games are so much more based around the running game and the ground and pound, not very much high-scoring offenses. Um, But I do think that both teams can score a good amount of points. Um, But I'm going to give the upper hand right here to Michigan just because simply their running game is is probably the best in the country. Um, And their offensive line is awesome. I mean, they've... They've controlled I'm pretty sure they've controlled the line of scrimmage in every game. I think most games they've they've outrushed their opponent in the first half for the like for the they've had more yards in the first half rushing than their opponents have the entire game. So, you know, I'll give the upper hand to Michigan on that one. I'm pretty sure it's a noon kickoff. Um and yeah, I'm also a pretty, you know, undercover Michigan fan. Uh, I loved them since Chad Henney and Mike Hart were playing way back in the day of 
I've also been a big fan of Desmond Howard. I don't really know why. I just love the man. Um, so, yeah, I'm going to have to give the upper hand to Michigan here. I'll, I'll, I'll say Michigan wins 24 to 10 over Penn State at home um, in, a, in, a, in a low scoring but good defensive battle, I think. Um, uh, I think his name's McCarthy, J.J. McCarthy. We're going to have to see more from him um, this week. He's going to have to make some some good throws. He's going to have to at least stretch the field vertically. He's got a very very good uh completion percentage. So I'm a little bit I'm a little bit more hopeful on this being the week where he finally gets a, a you know, at least a I wouldn't say a crazy good game, but just I want to see more of a vertical passing game from Michigan. It's the only thing I think they've been missing to be a true national championship contender. I think their defense is good enough. I think their running, obviously their running game is, is legit. I'm just looking for more in the, in the form of a vertical offense. Um, next game, we've got Oklahoma State and TCU. I don't know if most of you guys have known, but I picked Oklahoma State to win the Big 12 this season. I did feel like they were the most talented and complete team in the conference. Uh <laughs> Looking at Texas with Quinn Ewers back, I might have to take that back. Um, but as of right now, still giving the upper hand to Oklahoma State. I think TCU is primed and ready for this opportunity, I will say that. Um, but I think Oklahoma State still owns this game. As of right now, I'm picking the Oklahoma State Cowboys to win, I'll say, 35-31 in a really good football game. I think TCU will probably have the ball last. I think they'll throw an interception to lose the football game. Why don't we just go with that one, huh? Um, USC-Utah, number seven versus number 20. I don't think Utah is as good as I thought they were. Um, I still think they're a talented football team, but they just they find a way to lose games. It just don't, doesn't make any sense. Um, we look at the Florida loss. isn't as bad anymore because I think Florida's finally starting to find their identity. Um, USC, just another one of those teams. I just don't understand them yet. Um, and it's hard because they play in a conference where I'm not really awake when their games are on. So really, USC is the only team that plays in that conference in my area. And by the time they're kicking off, I'm already getting ready for bed. So uh, don't know much on the Trojans. I did watch their game against Oregon State, which they looked horrible in. Um, but I do think that most teams have a fluky game here and there. So I'm not going to judge them too much off of that. I'll give the upper hand to USC, but I would not be surprised if Utah... Um, through the running game, actually pulled this one out, kept it within one score and squeaked out an upset. But right now I have to take the Trojans. Um, I think Caleb Williams will have a pretty solid game. I think Utah's defense will keep it close, um, but I have to go with USC's offense to ultimately make the plays down the stretch to win the game. Um, Second to last game I want to talk about, Kentucky-Mississippi State. Kentucky, I think, is a a four-and-a-half-point underdog at the moment. Um, at home against the uh, Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, Mississippi State's number 16 in the country. Kentucky's number 22, obviously, as they've been reeling on the last two losses. Um, injury report is that Will Levis is going to be healthy and primed to return. So very excited about that. Um, this game right here, I'll give two keys why I think Kentucky should win the game. Now, they haven't followed the script, <laughs> so obviously I could be wrong on this. Um First thing, there's only one team in the SEC, um, if, I, if, my, if my research was right, that has a worse rushing yards per game statistic than Kentucky. And it's Mississippi State. They're the only team in the conference that has less rushing yards a game than the Wildcats. 
Um, so I think that Kentucky should win the running game. Um, I think that Kentucky needs to mix up the the workload on offense. Obviously, you want to get Will Levis worked in pretty fast. I think this is a big put-up-or-shut-up game um, for the programs, both of them combined. I think that Mississippi State and Kentucky are usually exactly they're – like, they're like the cousin of each other in the East and the West. Um, they do mirror each other fairly well. I think this is, is obviously with two really good quarterbacks and Will Rogers and Will Levis. Um, this is a game right here to make some money for both of these quarterbacks. Um, I think Kentucky should win the running game because Chris Rodriguez is the best running back in the in the conference. But Kentucky's offensive line is horrible. The worst, probably, you could make an argument, the worst offensive line in the country. I'm pretty sure that I just checked last week that they were 129th out of 131 FBS teams and total sacks allowed. And that is that is unacceptable. For how good that offensive line has been in the years prior and the guys that you brought in um to to fill in for the big blue wall, I mean, at this point, you know, in-game reps are no longer an excuse. Um lack of playing time is no longer an excuse. It's a put up or shut up time. You need to go out there and dominate your opponent. Go out there and execute your assignment. And if you do that, I think Kentucky wins this game. If not, then I think we're looking at another one of these South Carolina games where it's just like nothing can get going. Now, I will give them a little bit of a pass considering um, Kai Sharon, I think his last name is. Uh, it's his first game ever in college football, so you can't be too hard on the guy. He actually played fairly well. Still outplayed Spencer Rattler, who's the worst quarterback in the conference, I think. He's, he's a joke. Um, but with all that being said and done, I think Kentucky – Obviously, needs to go back to its identity and running the football this game. I think you want to go ahead and put more of the workload on Chris Rodriguez in the second half, particularly. Um, As many of the Kentucky fans that listen to this know, pretty sure that Chris Rodriguez had six rushes in the second half of last game against South Carolina. When you have a second-string quarterback who's never played football, it doesn't sound like a recipe for a win. Um, why not let your guy who's been there, done that, carry the rock for you, you know, and and take some pressure off this quarterback and take some pressure off the offensive line and give them a break and, and give, give the ball to your big boy in the backfield, man. That That's a, that's a lapse in coaching, but I do think that Rich Kangarello seems like he's got it all figured out. Um, he definitely was talking like he was, a, he was fairly confident that the offense will get going this game. This is a huge game for Kentucky. Um, I know not a lot of Kentucky fans will say this because there's a lot of doom and gloom right now in the fan base because of the two losses in a row. Kentucky still has everything they, they wanted open for this season. I mean, literally, all that has to happen is you take care of Tennessee or Georgia, and if you win against Tennessee and Tennessee beats Georgia, then you have the tiebreaker over Georgia. And if you lose against Tennessee and you beat Georgia and Georgia beats Tennessee, then you have the tiebreaker over Georgia. Or you can just beat both and play your way into the conference championship. But obviously, with the way the offensive line has been playing, that does not sound too legit at the moment. But I will say, for as much doom and gloom as I've seen in the Kentucky fan base, guys, relax. Relax. Still a lot to play for here. Uh, Will Levis still, you know, still is the best quarterback in the country, in my opinion. And sheer arm talent and... um, just I guess I would I would say NFL potential, but you know to to each their own. Um, this game is going to be very close. 
This game will definitely be one on the line of scrimmage. This is the game for the Kentucky rushing attack to finally make or break. I mean, you have got to come out here and run the football successfully. It's Mississippi State. This, this, that's, it's gotta, it's gotta happen this week. Um, I'm shooting for the overrun. If Kentucky can get 150 yards rushing the game, they'll win by two scores. They'll win by two touchdowns. If Kentucky has less than 100 yards rushing this game, they lose. Point blank period. That's what I'm going to say. I think that Kentucky finds their bread and butter this game. I think that Kentucky gets back into the win column. I think that they finally find their identity. Um, I think that South Carolina game got a lot of people real, real angry around the fan base. You, you know, you, you got to start winning these games or else you're going to start losing your, your recruits. And so uh, I think Kentucky will come out with a lot more pride, um, a lot more fight. And uh, I would not have wanted to be at that practice on Monday with the team and Mark Stoops. I'll just say that. But because I got to take my boys, I'm going to take this in a fairly high-scoring game, actually. I'm going to say it's 35-28. to 28. The Kentucky Wildcats prevail on a Will Levis 280-yard passing three-touchdown game and a Chris Rodriguez 126 yards and a touchdown game, which means, hey, why not? Let's throw in a little uh, – Let's throw in what we'll say a special teams touchdown for you know for good times measure. Um, and now moving on to the most important game of the week, the one I wanted to talk about the most, the one that I really wanted to hit on before I have to leave today. You've got the number six Tennessee Volunteers taking on the number three ranked Alabama Crimson Tide. Both teams undefeated. Both teams probably, you can make an argument, have the two biggest and most passionate fan bases in college football history. This game is what the SEC is all about. When you hear the slogan, the SEC, it just means more. This is it right here. You've got Tennessee, 46.8 points per game. Alabama, 44.3 points per game. Tennessee's only averaging 17.8 points allowed in defense. Alabama's only averaging 12.5 points allowed in defense. These are two very, very primed and ready teams for this game. Um, I will say this, and what makes this game a little bit more interesting than most is there are some times in college football, and more importantly in the SEC, games that have the potential to tip the scale of the SEC powers for, I wouldn't say for good, but for the next two to three seasons, at least for recruiting purposes. And you look at this game, if Tennessee can get this win against Alabama, if you're a recruit, why would you not want to play for the Volunteers? They pack out their stadium, 110 plus thousand a week. They're obviously now doing what they needed to do, which was win games that mattered. And they're fun. They have a fun offense. They got a fun coaching staff. Their fans are crazy. You you get treated like a god in that city. Why would you not come play for Tennessee's team? You know, the whole state of Tennessee rallies behind you. And that's kind of what I'm thinking on this ball game is this has the potential to be one of those games we look back on, kind of like the 2009 and 2008 Florida and Alabama football games, or 2010 I think it might have been, where it was Urban's last couple years with the Gators. It was Nick Saban's coming out party with the Crimson Tide, you know, Oh, I think it was Greg McElroy and company took down Tim Tebow in the SEC title game, and and the rest was history. I mean, you saw Alabama finally, you know, kind of took the forefront of the powers in the SEC, if you may. 
I think this week in particular has the chance to be that kind of a game for the Tennessee Volunteer fans. I know they're jacked up. They are ready and primed. College game day is coming in Knoxville. This is, if you're a Tennessee Volunteers fan, this is a dream scenario in, in terms of recruiting, in terms of exposure, in terms of hype. I mean, this is the kind of game that if you win, you're in the top. I mean, you could arguably go up to number one in the country in terms of your resume. Um, now, let's get into some statistics. You know, I love, I'm a big stat guy. I love to look at the, the numbers because, you know, nine times out of ten, the numbers don't lie. I got a couple stats here. We'll start with um, Tennessee. They're averaging about 547 yards per game. Um, 340 of those in particular passing, um, which means they're a very balanced football team, which always obviously makes for a good defense or a good offense. Sorry about that. Alabama and company, 504 yards per game on total offense. Um, I think it was right around... 342 of those were passing. 340, I might have been wrong. Or two, it was like two, maybe it was like 286. I could be wrong on my stats. But so I think in all in all, in in terms of um, production on the offensive side of the football, I think that these teams are actually very similar. Um, But it's on the other side of the football where the biggest red flag comes into play as why I think most people still are buying Alabama for this one. Um, Defensively, Tennessee is averaging about, oh man, um, 396 yards a game given up. Um, That's not good. Alabama is actually number six in total defense. Tennessee is 108th in the country in total defense. Um, Alabama's actually only given up three passing touchdowns all year and on the defensive end of the football. Alabama's also only given up 12.5 points per game on defense. And so uh, I think if you really were looking for one major thing to hit on as to why you would pick the Crimson Tide over the Volunteers, you'd have to go with defensive production and in terms of red zone scoring, and, and also in terms of scoring defense, Tennessee's actually done good as well. But the yards obviously um, show there's a lack of discipline somewhere in there. Um, I don't know if it's scheme. I don't know if it's just people missing their assignments. But this game right here, growing up, if I was, you know, if I was ever asking my grandfather, hey, Pop, like, What's the kind of game that makes the SEC the SEC? The games that really just mean mean more. This is one of those games. You got arguably the most, you know, the the red hot Tennessee Volunteers out of the East against your perennial powerhouse Alabama. Uh, this is a game for this is a this is a tradition game right here. I mean, both teams. I mean, have have a absolutely historic like. Mark on the college football landscape, um, but there's just so much riding on this. I I grew up in Kentucky country, but I moved to Nashville, Tennessee, um, a couple years back before I went to the school I'm at. And I'm telling you right now, man, those people in Tennessee eat, sleep, and breathe Tennessee orange. They twenty four seven. They just want to know about Vols football. And you know what's crazy? Is when I moved from Tennessee, I actually moved to Alabama. 
And I'll tell you what, in Alabama, they eat, sleep, and breathe crimson tide red. They love their crimson, man. I, I tell you, this is one of the most sought after, anticipated. This is the kind of game where if I was 10 years old, I just, I would be so excited to sit on the couch and just be able to watch good old fashioned SEC college football. Um, this is, this is awesome. I mean, this is, this is the dream scenario if you're just a football fan. And yeah, I'm just I'm very excited. We've got two huge matchups this week in the top ten with Michigan, Penn State, and Tennessee and Alabama. Now I know what most of you are probably thinking, okay, enough with the hype analysis. Who do you think's gonna win? I tell you, everything inside of me, everything inside of me wants to pick Tennessee to win this game. They've got the hype, the momentum. The fan base is going to be going crazy. You know it's going to be a sold-out stadium without a doubt. They're going to be louder than probably ever in their history of their, of their, fran- of their I almost said franchise, in the history of their program. This is probably up there with top 10 games in Tennessee history in terms of landscape of college football. But there is just something about the defense that I do not believe in yet. I think, obviously, if Bryce Young is healthy, I think Tennessee... I don't think they can stop Alabama's offense. Um, I think Alabama, also I've just noticed something with the Tide. When everyone's banking on the other team, that's when Alabama plays their best football. That is when, If you want to give Nick Saban a reason to destroy a team, pick them to win against his team. You see time and time again in college football seasons where Nick Saban has, I mean, they usually are undefeated coming into these games, but for some reason, people love to pick the hot and ready. You know, it's like the, it's the new, the new team on the block, the Tennessee Volunteers. I just cannot see Alabama losing to Tennessee Volunteers this week. Now, it's not to say Tennessee won't win the rest of their games. I think Tennessee could beat Georgia right now if they played. You know, don't, don't shoot me, but I think they would. But in terms of a Nick Saban, his dream scenario for his team would be, hey, hey guys, even though you were in the national championship last year and this team was six and seven or seven and six, I guess, they're picking this team to beat you. Nick Saban would love nothing more than a hungry, motivated, chip on their shoulder team coming in this Saturday. Um, And so for that and that reason alone, I've got to pick the Crimson Tide to win this game. I think it's going to be an absolute beauty of a football game. This is also a big put-up-or-shut-up game for all the Hendon Hooker Heisman hype, you know, all that junk that I just don't see. Um, But, hey, you want to make me a believer? Go out there and beat Alabama. Throw a couple passing touchdowns against a team that hasn't even given up five yet, you know. There's going to be a either Alabama's – this is the greatest thing because you have – Arguably the best offense in college football, going up against arguably the best defense in college football in, in terms of passing defense and, and, and in terms of passing offense. So something's got to give, and that's why you have to and love to play the game. Because in this week, in this matchup, something's got to give. Either Tennessee's offense will prevail and prove, 
or Alabama's passing defense will prevail and prove. But that's the greatest thing is that there's so much to look forward to. And I think in terms of just traditional college football powerhouse, you know, everything you'd ever could have wanted, this is it right here, guys. 5-0 Tennessee, 5-0 Alabama, big orange, big crimson, 3.30 Eastern kickoff in Knoxville, Tennessee at Neyland Stadium. What more could you ask for? I don't think there is. Um, yeah, I just, I, I've got to take the tide. I think it's going to be a really good game. I'm going to pick the tide winning. There's going to be some weird play. I think, you know, maybe a missed two point conversion or something. I'm going to pick the tide to win the game 24 to 22. Or, yeah, 24 22, Crimson Tide get a very hard fought road victory in Neyland. But I still would say to Tennessee fans, don't hang your head. If you lose this football game, like like I said about Kentucky, you still got everything that you could ever want to play for this season. Still could possibly get into the SEC championship game. But don't look don't overlook how big of a recruiting um, tool this victory could be. This could be the kind of game that if Tennessee wins and takes care of business this season, this could be what we call the turning point of Tennessee becoming the next big powerhouse in the SEC. Although they've been that in the, in the past. Obviously, we're talking more modern era of my lifetime, 98 cents. Um, they've not been a powerhouse. But this is their opportunity. If you want your respect, if you want to finally be able to say, we're back, Tennessee fans, we're back, this is your week. This is your moment. This is your game. Josh Heupel, put up or shut up. Let's do it. SEC football, primetime, CBS, let's get it. It's going to be a great atmosphere. I'm so excited to watch these games. Now, I won't be able to watch most of them because I have um, some prior commitments with my um, current occupation and a team I'm a part of. But I look forward to watching and reacting and seeing all the storylines that unfold from college football this week. Um, yeah, and I think with that being said, I'm going to probably wrap this up here pretty shortly. Um, yeah, guys, just wanted to say thank you again for the support. Thank you for all of the continued um, just you know, all the responses I've been getting have been so encouraging. Um, I, I know it's been a little bit of a weird landscape late, lately. I haven't had as much time to make these. I've been really busy. I had to deal with some personal things going on back home. And so that was why it took me such a long time to make this episode. But hey, for everybody out there, get ready. This is going to be one of the best. Th- this will probably be the best game of the season, the most hyped Um, regular season game of the year. Um, So yeah, I'm excited. Uh, Yeah, I'm going to wrap it up. With that being said, go Cats. Take down the Bulldogs this week. Guys, I love you all. Thank you so much for your support again. God bless you. Have a great rest of your weekend. Obviously drink responsibly. Do not drink and drive. Be safe. And as always, Follow, like, and share, and subscribe on Apple Podcast on Spotify at the Southern Fan. Follow us on Instagram at the Southern Fan. And yeah, I look forward to going over what happened this week. Next week on Monday, I will have a brand new episode for you guys. 
um, reacting to what we watch on Saturday. So yeah, uh, guys, I think I'm out of here. Have a good rest of your day. Thank you.